Welcome to a new, uh, another new episode of The Good Food Fellas. How's it going, Gennaro? Pretty great, Roland. I'm excited for today because we've got a new cookbook author on. It's going to be coming down on the 13th, dropping on the 13th. And I love his name, Nick DiGiovanni. Wow. Great pronunciation. Good <laughs> <Well, laughs> <to> Nick. <laughs> he is from Sicily, so it's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say DiGiovanni. I, I, I can't pronounce it. We got we got you two to one today, Roland. So be ready. <laughs> Don't mess with the Italians. I know. Um, it, it's uh the book is out, like Jared said, on Amazon. Two thirteenth nice drop. Creative recipes anyone can cook. Thank you for thank you for stopping by, Nick. I can't even speak right now. I don't... <laughs> I'm not trying, up, Roland. <laughs> it was allergy medication. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm 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 very excited. Um, Nick, how did you? Um, is, is it your first cookbook? Is was it hard to kind of? Did you imagine how hard the process was as you started? It was certainly more difficult and time consuming than I thought, but at the same time, I, I really enjoyed the whole process. I was able to dig deep, you know, dive into everything that I've really done with food in the past, even even things that I learned and and, and sort of figured out when I was when I was younger. And I and I pulled all of that together, and it was it was actually it was a great it was a great exercise for me to be able to distill it all down into one into one book. Uh, and, and frankly, it was also really helpful for me as just a, as a, as a chef. Oh, nice. And Nick, it's not a new thing, right? Because you were kind of like putting everything together since you're like seven years old. Food is in your blood. You love it so much, so it's kind of a compilation of everything you learned and figured out and did with family. No, absolutely. I. I've been cooking ever since I can remember. It, it was my first love, really. And, you know, I, I do have a funny blurb in the front of the cookbook. It it, it, uh, it it talks about how I wrote my first cookbook when I was seven years old. And it's this sort of funny binder. And it's almost sort of pathetic in, in some way. But it's also, you know, I, I love it because it, it it really was always my passion. And and I'm glad that I could finally write a real one that, that people will be able to actually read. I um, mean... When you were in college at Harvard, were you cooking a lot in the dorms, or were you just like eating now? I was. I was cooking. I was cooking in the dorm as much as I could. You know, everyone was on the same meal plan uh, where where I went to school. But I was cooking as much as I possibly could. I would do, you know, maybe a steak night once in a while with some friends, or uh, I, I was working in a restaurant for a lot of college up the road. So that was my big sort of, you know training um that i did during college was working at the restaurant i'd walk up the road in the afternoon a couple days a week do all my prep work until dinner service crank through dinner service and then try to you know once in a while i try to ask the chef if i could go home a few minutes early once i put all my stuff away because he knew i had school yeah I mean, actually you went to harvard in Genaro. i went to mcdonald university i don't know if you knew that i didn't know that no i'm kidding I'm just and i'm way smarter than you buddy so let's go uh, oh, Nick, so when you when you uh, when you think about like social media and the timing for the book coming out, you're so huge on social media. Do you ever think about like the demographics? Because you got young people, but you have guys right. as old as Roland that actually enjoy your cookbook. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are just going <laughs> after each other. No, we, we love it. <laughs> but I think Tim had to do that. That was good. Man, I don't want to get in the middle of this here. I. <laughs> I, you know, I, th I think about it sometimes 
I also don't in a, in a way I, I'm cooking, I'm cooking for everybody else. Right. But I'm also cooking for me. I'm making stuff that I think is creative. I'm making dishes that I think are, are fun and exciting and people will enjoy watching them online and, and hopefully taking some techniques or recipes home. Some of the things that I make aren't even, you can't even follow them. They're more just sort of food entertainment nowadays. And that kind of thing is, is that's just fun. That's just supposed to be fun. And, and I don't think too much. I don't think too, too heavily into, you know, who exactly is watching because ultimately I'm just making videos that I hope a lot of people are going to enjoy. I know there are a lot of, we, we have a lot of a younger demographic in, in certain places, uh, which really excites me because one of my big goals is to get kids to cook. Yeah. Mm. I mean, with the book, you will. I love that you added QR codes, which is unique to your book. Yeah. Made. The QR codes are really helpful. They, to me, are a very fun, unique way. And, and I'll be honest, I've seen them in a couple other cookbooks before, and that's where I got the idea. So I didn't think of the QR codes myself. I don't remember where I saw them, but I've seen them once or twice before. And I and I said to myself, that's a really fantastic idea. And hopefully they become more of a thing now that people, you know, hopefully people see the merit in having QR codes. But it's just so easy to whip out your phone if you're confused on a certain, you know, area of the book. And then and then get a quick 15 second video that shows you exactly how to do it. Yeah, because I thought your videos, you're, you're a very good teacher, though. You, you, the way you do the steps of the process is very easy to follow along. Thank you, Roland. Yeah, that's a, that's a great compliment for me, too, because I do, you know, teaching is really, really hard. And I try, I try my hardest to, 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 to boil it down to the simplest terms. It's hard. It, teaching is really, really hard. And that's one of the things for the book that took the most time for me was just, knowing how to put it in the simplest way possible. It's, it's, it's not easy writing out a recipe. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I never really had to do it all that much before because I don't, I like to cook without a script. So this was the first time for me that I really had to go and just put pen to paper and write out recipes. And it's, it's difficult. Yeah, Nick, I think Roland made a good point because it's not easy to do, to teach you everything back at your, from your mentors and kind of put all their styles together and say, you know, I remember doing it this way where I made it easy because you make it look easy, even though sometimes it's not. I really have taken everything that I have seen and learned. And, and yes, I've put that into the different steps in the book and in the recipes. I, I remember growing up and being in kitchens and watching things happen. Some things are difficult and, and they may look easier. They may look difficult, and then some things are really tricky and, you know, a chef you were watching may make it look like the easiest thing in the world. And it's really not. So even small, so sort of something small, like crimping a dumpling, right? You watch them do it and they just go. <laughs> and, and it, oh, oh, I can do that. No problem. And then you get handed it, you know, you get handed one to try and it looks like it looks, you know, it looks totally mutilated. It looks terrible. It's hard. It, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, to, to learn so many techniques in a kitchen. And so hopefully something like a QR code and a little video, yeah, will help just to give that a little extra push. Yeah. Um, are you in LA right now or where are you based out of? I'm Boston. Boston. Uh, do, you, do you have like a chef's kitchen in your apartment or your home? Yeah, I have a, I, I it's funny actually in here, it, you know, in my, I, I have a, I have a really small space here, but I, I focused a lot on the kitchen so I, I designed it 
almost like a chef's almost like a line you'd see in, in a kitchen. It, it's a full straight line across the whole kitchen, uh, which is really fun because I can kind of run back and forth. I like I feel like as when you're cooking, you know, it's almost it's almost like a dance sometimes, especially when you're moving fast. And I like to sort of shift back and forth. Uh, you know, it's almost like you're shuffling back and forth. So you've got the oven, you've got the range in the oven, and then you kind of shift over to the fridge and then the pantry and then the the sink. And then the, it, it's, it's kind of a fun, a fun way to cook. And so I like having it be in a nice straight line like that. What's your favorite kitchen gadget you have? Ah, great question. There are, there are quite a few. I often gravitate towards the microplane because I love using zest and I feel like Zest is very underutilized in food and cooking. I I also like a potato ricer because gnocchi is certainly the favorite recipe of mine in the book to make and and one of my specialty dishes and you know a ricer makes it just so much easier and it's fluffy it's it's satisfying to push a potato through there. It's a, it's a it's a fun one, but it's so specific, right? You can't use a ricer for all that much, so that's that's why I hesitate to say it once in a while. That's a good one. Yeah, while we're on that topic, uh, what are the most common mistakes when you see when people are under-seasoning food and how important is seasoning? Of course. Seasoning, seasoning is certainly extremely important in food. At the same time, it's very it's all about the individual in many, in many cases. You're cooking for yourself at home a lot of the time, and we all have a totally different palate. And that's why I find it very challenging to put amounts measured out for people in a book like this because you know all three of us are going to have a very different uh palette a very different taste for things and it's very hard for me to give some amount and then we all go and make it we're all going to want more of something we're all going to want less of something it's going to be never going to be perfect and so that's one thing that i think about a lot uh with with seasoning and and and, and food in general is just the idea that it's it's never ever an exact science, but at the same time, I think as long as you can remember to just be tasting all the time as you're cooking, then then that's all you need to think about. I, I think there are basic fundamentals in food that you have to sort of try to learn before you can go in and 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 crush it in the kitchen. And there aren't many, but that's one of them. Just taste all the time, and you'll be good. I love in the book how um, it's like everything you you made it like easy to read. You have the tips and tricks, the sauces, the meats. You laid out everything so it's easy for the person who bought the book just to cook and follow the recipe. That's what I love about it. Yeah. I tried to I tried to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. Good food doesn't need to be this yeah. pretentious, confusing, difficult thing. You can you can really keep it fairly simple most of the time. Hey Nick in life, I think we all need a good rabbi. So I think you have a pretty good one in Chef Gordon Ramsay, one of our favorite guests we ever had. How is it having him in your life? He, I look up to as a very incredible mentor. I feel very fortunate that I've gotten to know the Gordon that you see on TV, but also to me, it's even more special that I've gotten to know the Gordon that you see that you don't see. I I, I feel that he's just this caring, humble, down to earth family man. I'm sure you both saw when you talked to him he's a really really nice guy he's really personable he's a normal guy he's passionate about what he does he loves food i i never have enough good things to say about him and every word that i say is genuine because he's just a he's just a really good guy and i i look up to him a lot 
I mean, being be from Boston, how was it making a video with Tom Brady? Was that like a dream of yours, or how did that come about? I don't get overly excited for anything, to tell you the truth, which I think is good. I just I sort of stay even keeled across everything. I, I've, I've always been that way. I, I don't really know why. Tom Brady, of course, is a is a legend. I mean, it's hard to find that many people who have done more amazing things than he has in their given field. But he, I treated him just like any other guest, which I'm sure he appreciated. He was fantastic. He was easy to work with. We made some really fun and creative videos. I, I always love when when someone I'm working with is open to being creative, goofing off a little bit, you know, having some fun. And he was he was open to it. He he had some fun, uh, and he was a really really easy guest to work with. He was great. So <clears throat> I try not to get too caught up in anything like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Nick, I think everyone's a VIP, right, in life. So how was it being on on the book tour, meeting people, shaking hands? signing books yeah. for people and giving advice face to face. Yeah, I am really excited for the book tour just because the reality is if I'm out and about each and every day, I meet a few people and I say hi, and then I try to stop when I can and just sort of, you know, chat a little bit because I genuinely want to. But this will be a great opportunity to just meet so many people. I've never had this chance to just go face to face with so many of the people who watch my videos and and hopefully are inspired by some of the stuff that I do. So it, it'll be great. I'm really, really excited. Perfect. I love your book, The Buffalo uh, Egg Rolls. Those look amazing. Um, and the summertime is coming up, though. Is there like a tip or trick you can give us to making good ribs? Good ribs. So I have the recipe in the book mm-hmm. that I had created with, with this guy named Todd from a place called Cadillac Barbecue. I went to this place in Texas we filmed a video there. We woke up earlier than we've ever had to wake up for any video. I wanted to go right back to bed, but <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. My camera, my camera guy, I swear, almost quit on me that morning. <laughs> he likes his sleep. And we, we showed up, we showed up before the sun was even up. It was this sort of surreal feeling, truthfully. And, and, you know, I remember walking up to this place and all I could, I could smell was this fire that had already been started out back. It must have been three something in the morning. And we 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 walked around and he showed us through every single little process. I mean, I, I, I've never really liked sausages that much, for instance, but he brought us to all these super plump, they look like they were about to burst sausages, you know, on, on this rack, asked me to taste one. It must have been at that point four in the morning, but I did it, of course, because that's what I was there for. And I was excited. And I bit into this thing and it just exploded. And I I, my mind was blown that a sausage could be that good, that juicy. It just was, it, it, it was a life altering barbecue experience. And then I had the best ribs in my life and I had, everything was just, everything blew my mind. And so I, I had to ask him for some advice. So, so I, I defer to the experts in situations like that when I just can't do it better than someone. And I will very quickly acknowledge something like that. So I asked Todd, I said, can you please help me make an oven ribs recipe that's accessible for anyone in any kitchen anywhere that has an oven? Because, you know, we don't all have a grill. I've lived in apartments for it's it's tough. So this is a great it's a good one. It's a tasty one. And Nick, you brought in some great chef friends to help you out with the book, too, because obviously, you know, a lot and you're learning a lot. But to have those like kind of like masters and really, uh, you know, great chefs in the book, how that feel to work with them? 
Right. Going off what I said, I, 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 I will defer to the experts in so many cases with food because that's how I've learned. And so I do have a few different people in the book, you know, Joanne Chang, for instance, she's a, she's, she's a chef in Boston. She's a uh, pastry chef, um, owns a bunch of, owns a bunch of places that, that make all these delicious pastries and, and super popular here. And I met her a couple of years in college. She, we went to the same school. And, uh, and so I, I kind of became, became friends with her and she had this frosting that I could never get enough of. And I would just eat it nonstop. Anytime she was doing a demo with it, I must I must eat in several sticks of butter every time I could eat this stuff. It, it really, it's, 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 it's good. And I just, things like that, I just really wanted to share with even more people you know, their name is on there, not mine. And they're getting full credit for it. It's very clear in the book. Of course, there's a whole section of recipes, as you as you noted, that are not mine. Just one sort of, I don't know, maybe it's seven or eight recipes. And those are some of my favorite bites that I've had with different people uh, over time. So I, I they were all very generous to, to let me add them in the book. Um, what's your favorite food city that you've been to um, outside of Boston? Favorite food city, yeah, or or it could be like if I go to LA for the Mexican food, or yeah, pizza. Yeah, it's funny. I think I I would almost say that it's a couple different places for a couple different things because I look at Boston for really great seafood, and I look at you know I look at Miami for for you know let's say a cuban sandwich and sort of you have so many different influences in so many different places that it makes it difficult for me to pick one single city la i'll never forget going around and having just the best tacos of my life all day long we yeah. hit we hit we hit as many as we we hit as many taco trucks as we could and and just i'll never forget that day I, i'll never forget that day because so many different tacos so many different styles of making tacos it was just such a unique experience and a unique day so i would say that i i enjoy trying different types of specialty foods in every place where those specialty foods come from if that makes sense yeah la have they do have the best tacos i get lost finding the best tacos because once crazy. i get there i'm excited that i forget where am i by the way <laughs> it's crazy it's just it's it's so much fun to get lost in food like that. Mm -hmm. So good, Nick. It's great that you're caring too. So can you tell us a little bit about the collaboration with the film uh, Farmlink project that you're doing? Yeah. So one of my brothers helped start the Farmlink project, actually, and it's a group of these of these. They're all young for the most part. It's it's these recent college grads, college kids who teamed up during COVID, and they're essentially saving food that would otherwise be wasted and buying it from farmers at a fair price and then sending all that food to food banks. So they're donating, they're donating tens of and hundreds of millions of pounds of food. It, it's, it's really, really impressive what's happened thus far. And, and I'm lucky I've gotten to be a part of several big projects, but I've also really just sort of been tasked with getting their name out there more. Not that they so much needed it because they did such a great job during COVID, but I've tried to, I've tried to get their name out there more with some of the different things that we've done. So, you know, it's great. We can, when we made the world's largest sushi roll, it was 3000 pounds of food. It was very expensive by the way. And I had bought all this sushi grade tuna, all this nice seasoned rice, all these cucumbers. 
and we don't and they picked it up at the end of the day and we donated it we had a health inspector on site all day make sure that everything was food safe and it, it was a really great project it, it lets me do this really fun entertaining food video we then go donate all this food and it's all distributed ac- across boston it's been great it's been the perfect partner for me because you never want to waste food and it happens a lot unfortunately on food sets and film sets i'm sure you know anyone who's been in food kn- knows this it's sometimes unavoidable but with farmlink you know not only can we get their name out there more but we've just been donating food the whole time and where can we get more information on that right yeah it's the farmlink project i believe it's the farmlinkproject.org uh, i i would have to i don't quote me on that but they have a website and we're also donating 10 meals for every period or sold with the book uh with knife drop so you know, we've donated a ton so far, which is really exciting. And uh, and and everyone that everyone that bought a book, you also donated ten meals, which is great. You moved ten meals, so super exciting. It's awesome. If when somebody's a book, what's the one recipe that's a go-to that they should start out with? I mean, I I love the chili recipe. That looks amazing. Right. It just depends to me on on what your level is. Because, of course, there are some very, very basic fundamentals, right? Making butter or, you know, brown sugar is very simple. But I think it's a really fun one because when I made a video online one day saying, hey, brown sugar is just regular sugar and molasses, people lost their minds. And <laughs> I yeah, thought it was My mind was blown. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it really depends on your level because, you know, you can start from square one. You can start on page one and just start flipping through and then – and then go through all those fundamentals, learn how to make caramelized onions, learn how to make, you know, vanilla extracts, simple, basic things, brown butter, uh, which actually can be a little tricky, but it's still, I would say a fundamental. Yeah. And and if you want to then start building, uh, th- th- there are some, there are some ones where let's say the grilled cheese, right? Where it's going to really teach you temperature control and being very focused uh, on making sure you get that perfect golden brown crust. Cause it, cause a grilled cheese can burn like that. We, we all know how fast you turn around and you turn back and it's, and it's done and it's burned. So something like that, I think entry level basic recipes where you're not spending too much money on ingredients. And if it gets messed up or burns, you haven't lost all this money you spent on lamb chops. Right. Uh, I think is a really great way to get into it. Wait, wait, you cook yourself for lunch today. One of my cooking, cooking myself for lunch yeah. or dinner. Great, great question. Ah, yeah. oh, man. I'm already planning on going, going, going for some Italian for dinner tonight. It, the North End in Boston, it, you know, I don't actually get to get over there that much, and because it's so busy over there all the time. But I think I'm going to go with some family tonight to to get some Italian lunch, and and in the middle of the day and in the morning, it's ironic for someone who's around food so much. But I, the best way for me to eat during the day is just get smoothies. So I try to drink two or three, two or three smoothies a day. I just put a bunch of oat oat powder in there and, and and almond milk and oat milk and and blueberry it's just it's not the best tasting thing in the world but it's just a way to make me eat during the day it's hard I'm, I'm not good at slowing down what's name of the restaurant you're going to is it is it one of the best ones the italian you go to it was one of my favorites it's called antico forno it was one of my it was one that my family and, and i enjoyed going to growing up and again i i rarely get to the north end it's maybe once every three or four months just because it's so crowded over there and you can't park but it'll be fun 
Hey, Nick, are you surprised sometimes? Because Boston's definitely come up a lot when it comes to great food cities. You have like Jamie Bissonette there and all those guys that are cooking up a storm. Are you ever surprised like to see all the diversity that's coming into Boston? Well, it's funny you mentioned Jamie. So Ken Oranger and Jamie, they they have, I, I've become very close friends, especially with Ken. They have all, all of my favorite restaurants in Boston. And I, I, I just love what they do. I love the food that they make. And so I'm, I'm a, I'm a regular at, at all their restaurants in general, the Boston food scene, frankly, between us, I think could and should be even a little better. I just think with all the access to the great food that, that we have here, there, there are really no excuses in terms of just, you should be able to go anywhere and get these, you know, incredible, beautiful, fresh, perfectly shucked oysters yet. I go to most restaurants here and then the oysters are just mangled and it's almost as if, you know, no one actually took the time to to learn how to carefully do it. And we should be we should be one of the best places in the world to get this kind of stuff because we have all this food around us all the time and we have this fortunate access to this kind of thing. So there are times where where I've been let down by the food scene here, but then there are other times where yes, there are some superstar chefs around. There are also these sort of you know, my favorites are are the less, you know, I, I don't like fancy when it comes to food. I don't like white tablecloth. I just want good, solid food. So there's a Thai place up the road from my house that is unbelievable. And and you walk in there and, and you know, it's a very small place and you're, and you're often waiting for a while. And I'll wait as long as they want me to wait because I just want to sit down for that bowl of crispy pork belly cow soy, right? And, and so... There are a lot of fantastic restaurants here. I just think for for a for a seafood centric city, there there should be a, a little bit more care that goes into some of the food once in a while. Yeah, are you excited? Like you said, your book tour, like we hit New York City. Are you ready to hit each city? Their spots, like a couple pizza places, Italian places in New York. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I love I I love trying new food in new places. It's one of the things that I've been in Boston for so long. I grew up in Rhode Island and I've been in Boston for so long. And one of the things that if, if I were ever to move, it would be because I want to go and try new food somewhere else. That that would be it. Just to keep trying more food experiences. Not because I don't like the food where I am, just because I'd want to just try something new. And and you know, going to anywhere for me is is exciting because I'll just walk around and, and pop into some random random spot that I see a crowd around or that I walk up to the menu and I take a look at it. I I I love just reading through a restaurant menu and just seeing things and seeing if I could pick up on little things. Oh, you know, they have a they have a, a lobster dish here and then they have this this other thing over here where I can tell they use the other little scraps of lobster meat to to make this mac and cheese dish and also you know maybe they use the the shells from to make the stock for this other thing right so i like doing that on a menu which is fun too so i'll often look for those little cues and little signs to see do i think this will be a good spot nice well, hey, Nick, the one thing that popped in my head when you were talking about chefs and cooks uh sure. what's your view on cooking schools and you know cooking on on the line well when i was in college and even before I was trying to figure out if I wanted to go to culinary school after college. And for a while it was, for a while I was pretty confident that I would. 
And what I ended up doing is I ended up asking as many chefs and as many people as I possibly could. Did you go to culinary school? And when they answered yes, I probably got about a hundred people to answer this question in the end who had gone. I said, was it worth it? Or, or do you recommend I go? And 99% of the time they said no, which kind of surprised me at first. But then when I kept getting the answer, I started expecting it and knowing what I was going to get. And the reason was they all felt like they'd learned more in a restaurant in a couple of months than they would or than they did in culinary school the entire time. And that's the advice that I ended up taking. I just found a few restaurant jobs and tried to learn in there instead. And obviously, I'll never know. I never got to go to culinary school. But from what I could tell, they were right. I just I learned more than I could have ever imagined just working from people that took me under their wing and learning all those tips and tricks in a, in a fast moving restaurant. It was it was exciting and it was fun. And I got paid to do it instead of paid money to go. Yep. Trial by fire. Um, right. I want to thank you, Nick, for stopping by. Good food, fellas. June 13th, knife drop, create your recipes. You can cook. Buy it now on Amazon. Thank you so very much for stopping by. Thank you, you both, for having me. I I always enjoy talking food, and uh, and I'm super excited about this book, too. Thank you. And we'll see you in New York next soon, real soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Take awesome. care. Ciao. Ciao. You guys. Ciao.